Awesome, man. We're live on the Weirdos Only podcast. Today we have Georgina Garay Lozano, licensed licensed medical or clinical therapist. Is that marriage is that, and family therapist? Marriage and mm-hmm. family therapist. Yeah. And that's a little bit that that, that takes a while, right? I know it yeah. takes a <laughs> it takes a Lots while. Of hours. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, sometimes people because uh, when I initially went to therapy, I would. Um, mm-hmm. I had a counselor and I didn't know that they were just like a counselor, you know, a little bit different. It requires different degrees. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. less, right. It's like less time. It can be if they're not licensed. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't think they were. And that's kind of one reason I moved away and got a new one because Mm -hmm. I was like, at least for me, I was a little bit ahead already that I was like, she's just listening. I need something else. Yeah. I need Mm -hmm. like, I need Mm -hmm. more substance. I need more, more guidance. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do necessarily, but I do want, like, I, you know, it's like, it's like they say, it's like dating when you look for a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. Like trying to find somebody that's right. You have to connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I feel like I I need to be pushed. I need to be, obviously I need to be a little bit nurtured, but I also need to be like called out on my shit, you know? So Mm -hmm. how how do you, do you feel like when, when you work with clients and stuff like that, do you feel Mm -hmm. It's like the initial intake. Do you ever kind of say, "Oh, this isn't going to work," or how does how do you how do you structure that for yourself? Very rarely do I say it's not going to work, mainly because I'm very active online, so they know what they're signing up for, what type of work they're signing up for, and I do a screening. So I do a 50 minute consult call with clients where I say, "Hey, this is how I work," um, and I screen them for certain things like risky things like that could be happening in their lives where I know already it's not going to work during those 15 minutes. Um, So sometimes even before we get to the intake, I'll say these other professionals seem to be like they might be more appropriate than me. Um, So very rarely once I get to the intake, I have to say, no, this is not going to work. Usually they know what they're signing up for. And I, as a therapist, also know what I'm signing up for. Like, yeah. I've screened them. I kind of know what um, type of work they want to do. And I, and so from that, what, what's coming up for me that I've, that I've, from other therapists that have told me is, yeah. And you just mentioned before we jumped on that you had, you had gone into private practice. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. one thing that they, they had told me is that when you go into private practice, it's more like you have to figure out kind of mm-hmm. to get the right clients in that sense because. Yes. One red flag they say is when they when you ask them what or when they ask you what do I do if I can't get a hold of you, <laughs> you know. Now, I rarely get that question, <laughs> but it would be definitely a concerning thing that they would need more than one time a week or more frequent contact. To where I'm like, I can't be available all the time for you. Like that's not how yeah. therapy works. It's during our scheduled time. But, it, yeah. but because there, there are therapists that are in private practice that are very much more involved, right? That are, you know, oh, yeah. have maybe only two or three or whatever handful of clients, but mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. are paying them significant amount of money to be there whenever they want or like, hey. Yeah, you and know. it's a, a practice model that they can use. But overall, like, we don't want clients to become reliant on us. Like, yes. you existed before, Georgina. You're going to be okay. Like, it's okay. I yeah. can be helpful. But I don't want like the lifeline to be like, I need my therapist. Um, so there's boundaries and there's things, other things that need to come into account there also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would, would you say that you're, um, what, what is your clientele? What, what does that look like sure. as far as the demographic of your clientele? 
Yeah. So even though I'm in private practice, I would say like 95% of my client caseload is adults who are Latino. Um, so very surprising because actually we don't go to therapy so much or so they say, but my caseload is actually primarily Latino. Um, and with the exception of some other people of color or other um, people who have sought out my services. Yeah. Um, and it's usually adults who are wanting to work on intergenerational trauma, inner child healing. Like that's the type of adults that seek out my therapy. Um, so at this point, I'm doing very similar work with a lot of my, um, my clients because they know the type of work that I do. So they seek me out specifically for that. Would you say that that it's always been that way? Like, I mean, I don't know if, if where where you were previous to what you're doing yeah. now, or what were you, you know, um, did you build your clientele from outside, or did you go private and then begin to begin to build? It hasn't clientele? always been that way, actually. Um, I used to work for an agency where we primarily see um, like medical and children, so a very different clientele. Um, but, but actually, I think that that's sorry for me to cut you off. Yeah. I have ADD too, so so you know. So I, yeah, <laughs> I could. <laughs> no worries. But I, I like uh, I would say that medical, you probably get a little bit of that same clientele, though, right? Or, or at least the, the yeah. yeah, just mm -hmm. that demographic that's probably on medical are people that are yeah, you know, but less less like the working with adults, definitely. So, um, I, oh, because you're working with kids as well. Yeah, it was okay. different. Primarily kids and little kids. I had like a three year old, a four year old in treatment before mm -hmm. very and, very different and you don't get them by themselves right no you yeah. they come with a caregiver or foster parent if they're um usually like a social worker will refer them like they oh, need okay. services mm -hmm. oh mm -hmm. yeah yeah my so, friend was working here in san diego at the um, at, at the convention center where they had the all the, the immigrant kids oh yeah yeah, yeah. so as as some sort of like um, support person, like your friend. Uh, was yeah, doing... she was. She was kind of. Um, she was more. She wasn't doing any counseling or anything, but she was yeah. working, like you know, with the kids. And she had been vaccinated and everything, so she, they. Mm -hmm. She ended up saying she was willing to work in the COVID wing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, with the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the ones that were separated, right, from their yeah. families. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sometimes we would get some of those kids who were um, like allowed allowed to stay in the country and like some other families were in LA. So yeah. we would get some of those kids who were reunified with like a, an aunt or something like that. And we would do therapy with them. So at some point we would get them um, if they had some sort of status here to stay with a caregiver or something like that. And, and with something like that, I mean, from a, like from a, a standpoint or, or from, from your kind of expertise, mm -hmm. um, because obviously the kids at that age, they, obviously they've been through a lot, you know, mm -hmm. they've been through, mm -hmm. but how much, how much of that do you think sticks or how much is it just like, well, you know, I'm just hanging out with my mom. We're just hiking or just kind of, you know, like mm -hmm. going through, mm -hmm. through kind of a journey because mm -hmm. like one story my friend told me was that they were playing soccer. They were playing, they had a little soccer game within mm -hmm. the, the place and a girl like sprained her ankle and mm -hmm. she was kind of like all those miles, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's a, like, todo lo que caminé y hasta aquí me vengo a, a, a lastimar. She was saying, she, yeah. she was from Honduras, mm -hmm. you know, but to them, it's like, far. you know, yeah, to them, it's just like, still like, oh my God, like, she still had that attitude of like, you know, she's having fun or whatever. So, mm -hmm. but I think that it's obviously a very traumatic experience as well, you know, Yeah. and to not be yeah. around your parent at that age either. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely the immigration journey is, is just one of the potential traumas. But like even beforehand, like what pushes our, you know, like communities out of their country of origin. So a yeah. lot of the times it's poverty. A lot of the times it's domestic violence or violence in their communities. Um, so there's so many things that could be going on that could be impacting, you know, like these kids. So as far as like how much of it impacts, um, it seems like in that case, this is normal. Like we walk and we walk to a different country, super normal. This yeah. is what we do. Um, but what we see is like the younger the kid, both, the more they can be impacted and the more resilient they are. So the more like able they are to bounce back given right supports around them. So like given a narrative, like somebody explaining to them, nos vamos a ir a otro país, um, allá va a haber riesgos, pero también va a haber like oportunidad or something like that. Like those, yeah. um, somebody telling a kid what's happening. And because of that, no vas a ver a tu abuelita. Mm-hmm. Like something to where like, because it's true, like you come to a different country, but then there's like this other piece where you don't get to see your family anymore. Your yeah. elders, the elders in your community, you know? Yeah, and to them, it's not apparent of like, oh, this is a better life, or, you know? And that, that's mm-hmm. kind of one thing that I always tell people. It's like, when you're a kid, you don't know you're broke until you kind of no. start meeting other kids and stuff like that. And then those other kids Exposed. are like, oh, you don't have this or you don't have that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, you know, we're different. Yeah, that's true. Know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, So definitely it can be more traumatizing, but also more resilient depending on what's going on around. But if kids, you know, end up coming to safety, like true, like we're welcoming to them. We're not, you know, and we know Hondureños, like Mexicans are not nice to Central American people. Yeah. Like that's just the truth. They're not not nice to a lot of people. Let's just put that out there. Like I think that that's one thing that doesn't get talked about, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the, and, and my parents are Mexican, but I've definitely seen it in the community where yeah. we are not very accepting or we call names or things like that, you know? So if they come to an environment where it's mainly Mexican and we don't know actually that we need to support each other, then imagine this kid starts to feel like something's wrong with me or I, I'm not belonging here. Not even yeah. with the people that speak Spanish, you know? Yeah. And then they mm-hmm. didn't get that kickback or that that kind of a uh, you know attention in where they, where they were to where, mm-hmm. where they were were just somebody you know part of the community, mm-hmm. and now it's yeah. like oh this, you're you're different here now you know yeah exactly and, in, and they were told it was going to be better mm-hmm. you know the yeah. El Norte, El Norte is just better. El Norte, El Norte, like this magical yeah. place that's just going to be all better all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean. I, I literally just came back. I was I was in Mexico for about a month. Mm-hmm. I was out there what kind part? of traveling. I was in Jalisco, so I was in. Oh. I started started in Guadalajara. Uh-huh. Um, I I did like all you know basically all the all the colonias. I went to Tlaquepaque. Mm-hmm. I went to Tequila, mm-hmm. um, nice. and then from there I went to visit my friend in in um, in Cancun, and then went down to Tulum. And then kind of check oh, that nice. out. But then I came back to Guadalajara and went down to my uh-huh. parents' hometown, which is Autlan, Jalisco. Oh, I um, see. So both of your parents are from Jalisco. Yeah, they're both from Jalisco. They're both from Autlan, nice. um, the same, same yeah. town. They met over yeah. here, but they're from the same. They lived like Weird. two, three blocks from each other or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like five blocks. But yeah, everybody knows yeah. everybody out there. Oh, yeah. You, know, you can't or, get away. 
from. <laughs> yeah, no, the directions yeah. are all like when they're like, oh, sabes dónde vive, enfrente de la casa de, de mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. oh my god. Yeah. Like, how do you give me directions? A, I don't know any. A little, a little pueblo, or is that like a rancho? Uh, I, I don't know from. what would what would signify the pueblo or rancho. A uh, pueblo usually has like um, like somewhere to buy food. <laughs> a rancho has like a little convenience store. Like it oh, has no, like... it's a it's a pueblo. I mean, uh, okay. Carlos Santana is from there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have... No, my parents are from Zacatecas, and it's like a oh, rancho. Okay. There's no okay. like mercado or anything like that. But that's like the there's got they're not from there's like a little rancho that from it within Zacatecas. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's called La Cienega de abajo, I guess. There's another one de abajo. And then they have to commute or like travel to Tabasco to go grocery shopping. Like you oh, can't really? Go. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. no, yeah. This is yeah, there's a mercado and everything. Like oh, okay. Yeah. They have a Soriana yeah. on the on the outskirts of, of town. Yeah. It's so, a little bit bigger then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's close to I don't know if you ever heard of El Grullo. Mm -mm. A lot of people have heard of that. Actually, Jalisco is not too far from Zacatecas, but we only go to Zacatecas. Like we don't get out. Of oh, you so. just you just go yeah. and, and stay there <laughs> with family. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, I was off on my own, so I was going different places just wow. on my own. Yeah, and I did pretty you, well. I did pretty well, like the, blending in. <laughs> good. <laughs> you good. know, that was <laughs> not the goal. flashy, not anything like that. <laughs> I didn't want to stand out. I was in Guadalajara, and I went like I was staying near El Centro, like where. Mm -hmm. um, where the, where the, it's not the Basilica, what do they call the, the one that, ah, one of the big churches. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it was the Basilica, but I was right there and I went to get a torta at this random spot. Mm -hmm. And then she tells me, oh, no eres de aquí, verdad? And mm -hmm. I, I was like, ah, le digo, no, de donde parezco? And then, uh, and then mm -hmm. she, she's like, no sé. Como, como de Toluca. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, at least she didn't say like, oh, you're not from Mexico at all. Like, yeah. you're, you know, you're American. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I, they I can tell. Home. You know? They can tell. I don't know. It's something about, for me, I've been actually to Ciudad Mexico. And like there, they're just like, it's the same thing. Like, where are you from? But not necessarily here, the U.S. Yeah. Because I think our Spanish is like very rancho. Yeah. <laughs> No, when I we say certain, yeah. When I was closer and even like Guadalajara, like, you know, I think my Spanish, I've learned it from people from Jalisco. So my, yeah, the way I speak it in similar. my dialect is, 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 you know, blends into mm -hmm. what that, what that speak is, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. the words and like, like in my, in our town, they say Uta a lot. You know, have you ever heard of Uta? What does it mean? Like, it's just no. like, like if you say like, oh, vas a ir a, vas a la fiesta o... Oh, 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 hey, me debes un dinero. Uta, no te debo nada. Like, you're just like, oh, no. like, it's like, what the hell? Like, or Never. like, you're surprised, surprised by something. Say, Uta. For, for us, we say A, A. Oh, we say A too. Yeah, like A, <laughs> A. A. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And I can't help it. My mom will be like, oh, yes, tu saliste rancherita. And I'm like, well, I learned it from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who else am I going to pick it up from? Yeah. Exactly. And it yeah. was funny because I was walking in El Centro and then I just heard like, people talking walking by mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know i just know it from like my mom and like because we're over here so there's not you yeah know, and you know it's funny between us but then like i'm just hearing random people be like Uta, and i'm just like oh, oh. Like, you know what I mean? like uh -huh. yeah in, in the i'm town. with my people yeah exactly <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly finally we how do you know about Uta? i'm like how yeah. do you know I'm like wait it came from here <laughs> yes <laughs> that's yes. where it originated from so it's just something that's normal to you like yeah in your exactly. family 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I would tell people like, oh, like, ¿Dónde vienes? Oh, pues vengo de, de Outland. You know, like, mm -hmm. like when I was in Tulum, like how many people are from Tulum? It's all mostly tourists. And mm -hmm. They're like, oh, ¿Dónde yeah. vienes? They usually ask everybody where you're coming from. Like, you know. Yeah. Same. We ended up saying we were coming from Zacatecas in Ciudad México, like Uber yeah. or stuff like that. We're like we're from Zacatecas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they just leave you alone after that. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> hard this time around, though, because I, we had the math, you know? Oh, true. So, like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, like, you know, like, the Spanish and the words. I'm like, is it the Spanish yeah. or just that I didn't really hear them well? You know, like, yeah. whatever you said or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, and it's different to be, in, in like, engaged in it all the time. Like, I'm sure if you're, in, like, talking to cousins or yeah. friends or something, like, we're not engaged in Spanish all the time. You know, it's different to be in it all the time. Yeah, like submerged, like you're, you're talking yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I got used to that. Just, you know, mm -hmm. and that's awesome, my, though. You got to travel and yeah. And even my cousins, they told me like they were like or like, oh, you could like you speak the Spanish. You speak Spanish well enough, you uh -huh. know, that you could blend in, you know, Good. Like, it's yeah. like, they, we, you know, you're not completely standing out. All right, cool. Like, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know that like, even like, you know, just stuff you wear that you don't realize, like, you know, like shirt or even just like your haircut, you know. They It'll be like, it is not Norteño. Yeah. And I could, mm -hmm. I mean, if, if somebody was walking around here that was from Mexico, I'm like, oh, look at that guy. You know what I mean? Like, like, Stands out. Right away. Right yeah, here in San Diego, I'm, I'm in San Diego. It's a lot of like the military uh -huh. guys. Oh. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they're young or whatever. And they, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, Spotted him out right there. That's a military guy. He, he doesn't even have to have the haircut. You can just tell. You can tell. Yeah, you can yeah. just tell. I don't. I mean, because I you have to... the Marines and the Navy there, right? We do. We have. We have. We have Both. Navy and Marines. Um, yeah. Not so much Army, but I mean, you know, mm -hmm. recruiting here and everything. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's known for that. But yeah. once you're exposed to it enough, you're like, "Yep, that's one yeah. of the military people." Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. You you get to see yeah. it. And, and you know what, like part of my journey too, to going um, to Mexico is, mm -hmm. um, what is it now? Seven years ago, I lost my dad, you know, mm -hmm. and my dad, mm -hmm. obviously I hadn't, I hadn't gone, I hadn't gone back to his mm -hmm. hometown in 25 years, like a little wow. town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm 32. Uh -huh. I'm like 25 years. I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I was learning so much. It was kind of fun. Like, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's funny. Um, my, I got out of the car and my family was like having a little barbecue and mm -hmm. one of my nieces, she knew my dad, you know, and, mm -hmm. and she told my, one of my cousins, she was like, Hey, he looks just like, you know, he's just, just like my uncle. And then my cousin was like, Oh, I wonder why <laughs> she was just kind of like, Hey, that guy looks like my uncle, Yeah, <laughs> you know? But yeah. to have it in real life, like, of course, we know why, but like, you know, but yeah, like my cousin gets it, it but like, the kid doesn't, yeah. right? She's like, oh, wow, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was it's so interesting cool. that the piece of like, um, I don't know if it was for you, like reconnecting maybe to like where your dad yeah. was from or like something like that. Like, I guess I didn't as a kid, I didn't I didn't think too much of it. I was just in a new environment, you know, and I'm like, eh, mm -hmm. no me gusta esto, tiene or like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You didn't want kid. it. Or certain mm -hmm. things, you weren't really looking at the history of it. And now I'm no. like, okay, like, where did my dad go to school? Or, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're learning things like that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, people that knew my dad. Like, there was a restaurant mm -hmm. that my dad would go all the time. And the guy knew him. And, oh. you know, like, yeah, like, so he was like, mm -hmm. you know, I guess even. And it's, go ahead, and go it's ahead. always the, it, it is hijo de, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They you know. Go, well, they know. They, yeah, they could, they go down the line. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and my, 
I'm not going to say famous, but my aunt, she has a, a puesto in the mercado. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. you know, you go to the, it's the mercado. Uh -huh. If you know there, oh, it's la, la del puesto. So they know her. Yeah. Like people mm -hmm. all around town know her because mm -hmm. they all go to the mercado. At one point or another, mm -hmm. they've either seen her or ran into her, you know. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but, but with that, like that connection, right? Like that piece of like, at some point we didn't care or it wasn't that big of a deal. But then when we get to be adults, I find like for myself, like for clients, like it's so, so important. It becomes kind of like, if we have that cultural aspect to ourselves, yeah. to reconnecting, then we kind of know who we are more. Like it feels more like not complete, but like I've definitely seen it. And I've had white clients too, where I'm just like, do you know where your immigrant history comes from? Do, are you connected? Yeah. And they're super disconnected. We're from Michigan. <laughs> no, you're not. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, like really connecting to other things, not just Michigan, not just yeah. you know Texas, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was the same. It was for my grandma passing. Um, maybe ten. It's been maybe eleven years now. But I, we actually drove from LA to Zacatecas. Oh, I've done the drive. Yeah, when I was a kid. It's. It's a lot, yeah. Um, but literally everything, everything, like the food, like my grandma's house, it was just like, and this is where she would make me tortillas. And this is where like everything was. I like, mean, some of the memories are very vivid for me. Like yes. I know this window, I know this, yes. I, you know, like I remember. Uh -huh. And it's so interesting. Cause like, um, even you, like you mentioned window, I'm like, the doors are different there. Like the, the metal frame. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so different. The and keys. the colors yes the, the huge keys, keys. <laughs> yeah, some of them yeah some of them have the huge keys and others have the square uh -huh. ones that have the like uh -huh. cut out in the middle yeah um, and i've also gone to italy and italy has the other bigger keys they have oh. big old long uh -huh. ones yeah uh -huh. they go in and you have to turn it like three times yes yes yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> to actually like unlock it or to yeah you feel it right like well, i think even it like it like it's like here and then it goes like kick, kick, and then all the way out like yes. it's like in process like you can't yeah. you keep going all the way like to get it yeah and out. to be exposed to all of that right to be like oh this is different here or there's you know like history here or it's like the way it used to be back then and the things you take for granted here too like sidewalks yes <laughs> you no know sidewalks <laughs> yeah uh -huh. i asked my aunt because i was like wait i remember there wasn't like the the street wasn't paid uh-huh uh -huh. you know and she's like no you have yeah. to pay for it and I was like, what do you mean? The owners, right, of the home. Yeah, like this, basically mm -hmm. the street gets together or whatever, or they decide mm -hmm. like, hey, we're going to get a sidewalk. And then mm -hmm. if like there's different rules, like if, you know, if somebody's renting and then the, the, the government will just say, fuck it, we'll pay for that little piece. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. they'll just say like, you don't get a sidewalk and we skip you. And so that's why you get like, oh, you're weird. on a sidewalk, then there's no then, sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like going up and down on the, on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's like yeah. Mario Bros. You're playing, you're jumping up. And jumping, I remember yeah. the biggest one I saw was like almost four feet high. Oh my God. It was like on a hill. And then, like, it just, <laughs> like, I, I was on it. And then, next thing you know, it just kept getting higher and higher and higher, just progressively. And I was like, oh man, this is high. I was like, yeah. if I fell off right here, it's like, you know. No, it's not uniform. Definitely not uniform. Yeah. And not really like what we understand as sidewalks. I think for them, it's more so like, the extension of the property no they don't care about the neighbors you can have it you cannot like it doesn't matter yeah to, yeah yeah to the because, owner like yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's the way it goes i mean and, and you could tell 
right? The, mm -hmm. the like, the income disparity of like, oh yeah, yes. right, right across the street, they're really poor. You know, mm -hmm. we're okay, like, you know. And I mean, mm -hmm. I think the house that my aunt lives in was like the house that they had as kids. It was my grandma's yes, house. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. so they've been updating it throughout the years and stuff like that. Yeah. But they used to have a well mm -hmm. inside the house, a water well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. My grandma's is covered up now. We the my the the house is still in the family, but the yeah. well is covered up. And it like creeps me out because I'm like, it's underneath there somewhere. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Covered it. <laughs> my aunt was telling us a story of some lady yeah. whose freaking kitchen disappeared. Boof. Into it just into the well? freaking, yeah, into like a oh, sinkhole, no. basically. Yeah. And they were like, oh, oh la vecindad scary. se pusieron todos a sacar las cosas, like, you know, like as oh, quick as possible, <laughs> you know, to take Because they know out. what it's like, yeah. I mean, that's all, and yeah. she was an older lady, so they were, you know, kind of trying to help her out. To help. The kitchen was gone, and apparently they ended up fixing it or something. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And you hear these stories, right? We're just like, what do you mean the kitchen was gone? Yeah, it was se derrumbó into yeah because there's like sometimes it's like the water that passes under and then eventually mm -hmm. it just erodes mm -hmm. who knows how they yeah. build what kind of building codes they they had and if None. they even cared before you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so so it, yeah. it gets it gets complicated but you know mm -hmm. it, like i said from back to like kind of like the history of it it's mm -hmm. i mean it it also I, I think a lot of the times we see our parents as like omnipotent kind of beings mm -hmm. and it kind of helps you see as like, man, like my dad was a kid, you know, like my dad mm -hmm. was also a kid and he was also, you know, like going mm -hmm. through stuff and he was a whole, he was, he had a whole life before he had me, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I, I'm always like very like, oh, like I got to take care of my parents and stuff like that. Sometimes I, like my dad was sick a lot, so I would always have to like look over him. But then mm -hmm. if, thinking back, I'm like, well, yes, because he was sick, but he was also an mm -hmm. adult, right? Like, he, like I'm an adult right now. I'm going to make the decisions I'm going to make that mm -hmm. I feel are best for me or, or, mm -hmm. or decide that I'm going to make a bad decision, you yeah. know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I don't want anybody coming over me and being like, oh, I don't do that. Like, you know, because I'm like, well, it's mm -hmm. a decision I'm going to make, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get yeah, that autonomy, humans, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for, for that, um, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of the times we like the adults, even children, I don't know how to phrase this, I guess. Um, we haven't healed our own stuff. So we're still like children to our parents. So we haven't like um, become adults, full adults in so many ways. So what I feel is like, okay. As a, as an adult child, I yeah, guess we're still saying, an adult, yeah, we're still an adult yeah. Yeah. Dependent on our well, parents. I think, they, I think it's also guilty. their view. I think it's also mm -hmm. their view, right? And they still see you as their child. And, yeah, that you know. they never see you as, as different, right? But what I mean by that is like yeah. eventually like our parents, like we have to give them that grace that like they're humans too. And like we have yeah. to understand that also. And by understanding, we have to be adults. We can't continue to be children or stuck. Yeah stuck yeah. in a phase of like but you didn't or like kind of blaming you know yeah because the parents always like my mom would tell me like oh you you never like this i was like i was 15. i was like you know like yeah. it's never they never let it go like you know uh -huh. no uh -huh. no no like you they know, hold it I think, I think te gustan los chiles or whatever it's just like yeah. yeah i know but i tried them once and now i have like my palates evolved i eat that stuff now you know, i can 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that same person anymore. Yeah. Let me change. Exactly. Let me let mm-hmm. me grow. Allow me to grow. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why uh, a lot of the times, because my clientele is primarily Latino adults, a lot of times I feel like like we're stuck. Like we're just kind of like, but they should have, but they you know could have done something different. Our parents. Um, so eventually, it's like this acceptance of like, okay. And they didn't. So what do we do with it now? You yeah. know, like they hit us when we were kids or they did this or that when we were kids. I'm not saying, especially as a therapist, I'm not saying get over it, but I am saying let's explore. Like your yeah. parents has a lot of trauma history also. Yeah. So I, what do I we had, do with that? Ex- and and are, are you going to fix it? And that's where it's just like, then you get into that place of like, I'm trying to fix my parents. And you know what I mean? I, I Yeah. There was, there was a quote about that mm-hmm. that I that I had seen before. Um, I think it was basically said. I'm trying to find it, but mm-hmm. it basically said two things. Two things are true. Mm-hmm. Parents did the best that they could, or two things mm-hmm. could be true. Your, your mm-hmm. parents did the best that they could to the best of their abilities, and you also didn't get everything that you needed. Yeah, you know, and those two and things can be true. They can, and you, they you know? can be. Mm-hmm. Because and a lot of the times it's like, oh, my parents, yes, but, you know, like they did the best they could with what they had and what, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like when you say, well, I didn't get a, 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 you know, maybe in your head, you're like, I didn't get enough love, but then maybe it was also, or in certain periods, right? But then you also mm-hmm. don't take into account, well, your mom was actually going through depression or whatever it may be, you know, and it wasn't even capable of giving you mm-hmm. that that you needed, you know? And so obviously that's and not it's your not, fault. It's but, not to make you, know. you feel guilty. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not to make you feel guilty. It's just this understanding. Now, can we understand it as adults? Yeah. Right? The, the, that it wasn't about he, you. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, it feels personal. Yeah, you were. So how do we, you know? Yeah, like it's like I, I, was, I couldn't be loved. Like what did I do wrong that I couldn't be loved, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the only difference would be yes to both. Like the way that you phrased it, the only difference would be uh, for me, especially as a therapist, would be like your parents did what they could with what they had. They did the best, right? Unless there's very severe, like sexual violence, abuse, like very severe. I mean, like, like the parents can't have protected you and they didn't. And that would be the only like piece where I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. The parents had a lot of responsibility here, actually, well, that they did not take. Well, I think if we, if we look at it from a broad sense, it, it's, a sense, yes. it's still going to be like, even though they did something terrible, that was mm-hmm. the, what they had with what, you know what I mean? They, yeah, yeah, they, it was terrible. And that, that, and it's, I guess it, from a broad sense, it's more like for you to just, for, for the individual to say, look, it, it has nothing to do with you. It wasn't that yeah. you weren't good enough. It wasn't that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that it was your fault or it was your responsibility to fix things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I said, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you don't know that you're broke, but when you're mm-hmm. broke, you know finance finances a lot younger than you do when you're not broke. You get very aware. You know? very yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you know what's going on, and then you take it in. And like, well, it depends. Yeah. Some kids don't mm-hmm. take it in. Some kids is like, well, my mom will deal with it. Other kids are like, oh mm-hmm. my god, we need to we need to find money. We need you know, and they're like, it's not and good. they take it on. Yeah, uh-huh. take it on as a responsibility. That's another thing in Mexico, right? You see kids out there that are, mm-hmm. you know, trying to sell you stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to say. Cause there is a lot of, a lot of corruption and stuff like that, where they do send kids out to try to get the money instead. Cause they know mm-hmm. they're going to mm-hmm. pull on your heartstrings. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's usually certain communities within Mexico, right? Like indigenous communities I've yeah. seen a lot um, that are tend to be out there a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard uh, because to that kid, they still need to eat. They still yeah. need to. Mm-hmm. And to them, it's mm-hmm. just go do this and you'll get, you know, the reward or whatever it may be. And I think, I guess to that point where you're talking about the indigenous communities, mm-hmm. there's still a whole lot of that in Mexico, right? It's, it's, it's still the white people as it is the white people here. It's the mm-hmm. light skin, you know, privileged Mexicans that have, oh, you yeah. know, all the Access. best conditions in, you know, in mm-hmm. Mexico. Um, yeah. and it's it, interesting because even in Jalisco, it's known, right? Like certain lighter skin, lighter complexion, eyes, yeah. you know, yeah. like um, where it's like, you know, very known, like those are the ones uh, from certain areas is what I mean. Like, um, they tend to get more visas, they tend to get more opportunities. And it's just like, wait a minute, this is not seeming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And -hmm. I mean, to like, I guess, without thinking of that, to me is like, oh, that's like, I'm American, I have, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously more Mm -hmm. money than like somebody who is, you know, I'm like, oh, like I went to Guadalajara, I had a blast. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is city, it's so cool. Like, you know, I can move around. $2 $2 Uber. Oh my God, let's go. Perfect. You know? yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, but to them, it's like, I'm not going to take a $2. I'm going to get on the camion for like 10 pesos or eight pesos, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because it's because like, they don't make that. You yeah, can, exactly. you can do that because what's $2 to you. Yeah. I don't, what can I get for $2 here? <laughs> Nothing, exactly. You know, Perfect. Like, it's yeah. cheap. But to them, if they're not making that salary or, I mean, I don't know, sometimes I've heard, especially and the rancho where my parents are from, it's like they're making nothing in a day, a full days of work of like hard labor. I'm like, they're making yeah. nothing. And I'm like, yeah, you have to be careful what you spend it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and that, mm-hmm. that kind of put perspective for me too. To like my mom always sends money and, and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was, I was making the joke that I, I, I gave like my nephews some money, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, here's 200 pesos or, you know. Mm-hmm. And I made the joke that I was like, oh, I'm buying their love because I'm not here that often. I was like, at least they'll, they'll know that, like, oh, that's the guy that gave me some money, you know, but I, I, think about it. I think about mm-hmm. it and I know that it's going to go to good use, you know, because they don't have a lot. So they're not just going to go spend it frivolously, you know, Yeah. if anything, they're going to try to give it to my aunt be. or something I'm like, no, 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 it's for you. Like I, mm-hmm. I already, we already kind of, you know, had our conversation Figured with it with, out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is just mm-hmm. for you, for you to do whatever you're yeah. going to do with it. If you're going to save it, whatever, but you know, yeah, it always feels good as a kid to get, you know, some money because you, mm-hmm. you never, you never earned money, you know, for whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. For whatever it is. Yeah. True. So, I mean, it, have you got, have you gotten a lot of that? Do you get a lot of first generation, second generation or what, what do you, what kind first of first generation primarily um, it's definitely first generation. So their parents being immigrants. They're the okay. first generation here. Um, typically, like my clients are 25 to 35, around okay. that age. Um, so pretty young adults. Okay. Um, I think it also has to do with like ability to pay, you know, uh, yeah. college students can't pay out of pocket fee um, or they'll use their resources like in the college where they're at, you know, sometimes um, universities offer like a couple sessions for free or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. I, I like I like the population that I work with. Okay. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you um, 
because uh, one thing that was coming up earlier for me, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the works of Gabor Mate. Uh, I have. Um, I saw the recent documentary, the one. Oh, about, you did. Oh, I, had, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to watch it. I signed up for the thing. I don't know if it's free or. It was free. I was able to watch it for free. Okay. Um, but I, I do know about his work. Okay. The reason mm -hmm. I, because because what was coming up for me when we were talking about like the the Hondurans and the the immigrants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was that like some when he mentions kind of the trauma that even even though that it, that it starts even in the womb that mm -hmm. if your mom mm -hmm. is like like when you were or when your mom was pregnant with you she was very mm -hmm. stressed and when she was pregnant with you know like maybe, usually the first child is the first one like ah what's gonna happen mm -hmm. and usually mm -hmm. the second one is not so much stress and so it affects the child and all that stuff kind of from mm -hmm. then on so i'm thinking of like mm -hmm. like you said when they're younger or older kind of in that journey Mm -hmm. um do you think what what i guess what's your take on that do you think some of that's yeah. true or, or what, how do you feel about that some of the trauma um, that, that kind of just gets put in i guess to some degree for lack of yeah and and it gets put in and it actually um also um the body remember so like actually in like very small babies we see because my training is actually in small children um we see like stomach problems, difficulties, like soothing a child. So um, it, it's not just information that's put in, it's like their system is actually dysregulated. So their nervous system. So mom gets exposed to trauma, Is there's she's in a domestic violence situation, she's having to flee, she doesn't have enough to eat, something like that. Um, and her cortisol levels are going up, um, which is a stress hormone. And then the baby is exposed now to that stress hormone, um, which then changes the baby's like biology kind of. Um, so then the baby is born and birth can be traumatic for a lot of children and moms. Um, and and then the, the baby becomes kind of like difficult. Or would, would the birth the birth be traumatic for a baby? Yeah, coming yeah. into this world is actually very yeah. like. I mean, I can imagine <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> Everything is changing for you, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I just figured like, it was like a like a you know like a step of a like, part of you know, life. Yeah, yeah, like it, yeah. No, we actually see it in like um like babies can go to chiropractic care because their little necks are like a little bit off. Yeah, their backs or like spines can be a little bit off because of the. How much like pressure and like to to come However, into this they were yeah i remember mm -hmm. one of my nephews had a little bit of kink in his neck for a while yeah because of, of like probably difficulties adjusting too yeah. you know um but on top of that just the trauma of like if their mom is being beat if their mom is like sad like a child needs all that connection and cries and cries and cries and can't get mom to react or certain things like that um, so we know like ages zero to five are very, very crucial. Like that's like when these kids um, can have either a lot of learning or a lot of like downfalls, like they're not walking, they're not meeting their milestones and like concerns that come up because like, why, why isn't this baby like crawling or, or why aren't they going to the restroom, you know? Yeah. Um, so we can do therapy with babies. <laughs> and the parents, you know, like walking the parent through being able to regulate their child um, and reminding the parents, you know, like Georgina can help, but your mom, you know, like they need you. <laughs> so yeah. reminding the parent that they're the, the, um, 
um, the essential, the essential person here, because the baby goes home with them, you know, yeah. or dad or grandparents, dependent on who the caregiver is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it starts very, very um, early and things don't just slide off of kids. That's the assumption is that like, um, well, you know, like they won't remember they were little, like just kind of putting it off. And that's not true. They're absorbing a lot of the messages. Um, and we're seeing it through like their behaviors, their tummy aches, their nightmares, like fears, things yeah. like that. But they're just not saying it. They're not in words saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is they don't what. have. They're, they're, and mm -hmm. it's just like it's just like your body, even as an adult, finds a way to communicate, right? Like, oh yeah. You, you got stomach aches. You got migraines. You, you know. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot actually. With before, when I used to work primarily with immigrant communities and the children, it's like. I would tell them, tell me how constipated you are. Like, yeah. tell me about your headaches. Tell me about the tension in your neck. And that's like where we start because that's really the body showing us like, nope, there's a lot of trauma here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I want to touch on, because obviously you kind of knowing from your, um, basically your, your base of, of, of who you work with, or if it's primarily mm -hmm. younger people, one yeah. thing that I've noticed within the, the younger community or the millennials, whatever you want, wherever you mm -hmm. want to place them, mm -hmm. is there is more uh, conversation, obviously about it, but I think a lot of it it's either it's it's either done flippantly or or mm -hmm. or it's like or it's like you know done to an extreme, like oh my god, I'm bipolar, I can't choose a coffee, I'm so bipolar. It's like mm -hmm. you know, bipolar is a real thing. Like then you're not. That's <laughs> you're, not what that means. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. either, and it's like, oh my god, my anxiety is like. Well, we all get anxious, but some of us are actually have anxiety that you know mm -hmm. is like a disorder. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. how do you? One, I would say, what's your take on it? And the two is, how do you? How do you? What do you? What can you provide or to say like to as a guidance to say like. You know, how do you communicate yeah. some of those things and how do you get people to really acknowledge what is, you know, what are the, yeah. what should be addressed or what is just kind of like, hey, man, that's just everyday life kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean, definitely once they're in therapy, I don't think they're saying that many things that are so extreme. Yeah. Uh, at least not in therapy. Obviously, they could be joking about it outside. Of therapy. Do you feel like they get they get a little closed off too? Because now they're in like a, 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 in a, you know, vulnerable situation where people feel they're uh, going to be judged or you're going to tell them something's wrong with them. Not closed off, but definitely more real with themselves. Like, okay, I know I can't say that I'm so bipolar, like more real about like, that's a joke. Like I know. Oh, it's like if I you, if you just really sit down with them, you tell them, do you really think you're bipolar? Like, like you know, and then they're like, on, yeah. well, like, <laughs> you know, like, no, hopefully like, not. Usually yeah. clients will say, hopefully I'm not, not, you know, do you like, think I am? Because if they you want are, to I'm going to have to send you the psych and I'm going to Yeah. No, but like, then it opens the door for like, um, labels, you know, in general, because yeah. there's some clients who really want to know a label. Mm -hmm. They, they like live and kind of like want to pick my brain about like, so which one am I? So what do I, oh, you know? Um, and, and the difference, at least in my treatment, um, even though I can diagnose and I do diagnose, especially for insurance, um, if, if I'm taking their insurance, um, the difference is um, the messaging that I usually give is something happened to you. 
big or small, I'm not saying, you know, but something happened to you and now you're dealing with this symptom. That's usually how I explain to them. And I, and they say, okay, so is that trauma or what is that? Like they still want to know like a diagnosis. And, and I say, if we resolve the root, the symptom will go away or reduce significantly. And then they're just like, okay, sign me up. Like, I want to have that reduction, you know, of the symptom versus like focusing so much on like, so what do I have? So um, tell me so that I can, for what, you know, like really it's, yeah, some sort of anxiety, typically either anxiety or depression. Um, But more than anything, it's a trauma response that no one has ever explained to you. Yeah, no one, no one has ever talked to you about these types of trauma responses. And so what what's that tell uh, what that tells me is is you're probably more about like depth therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Just because, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, like, is that like more like Jeffrey Young and like kind of getting more in, in depth of of where that issue because I think a lot of the mm-hmm. times people go and then they have like they're doing like CBT right more just like mm-hmm. hey how are you reacting to certain things and you know let's yeah. try reacting differently but yeah. I at least for me that didn't work for me I was like I get and it doesn't you know, work it's like, for sometimes most. you're like I get that I should react different but I don't like so and I don't know why you know yeah. what I mean it's just like I have a I- conscious decision of like yeah, yes. I guess I didn't have to tell I got to fuck off, but I did. And I don't know why. Yeah. I know I didn't. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't want to. Or I know I shouldn't have, but yeah. I did, you know. But it's probably because that guy got under your skin for some or reason. Triggered, triggered something. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so that's my thing. Um, and especially with CBT, I'm not a CBT therapist. Um, I have my feelings about CBT, which I can talk about forever. Yeah, but and I think every not... therapist has, that's that's kind of why I asked because you have your, yeah. like, this is what I like and this is what I like to focus on. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and the difference is uh, a lot of, CBT can be wonderful if it's appropriate. Yeah. It's not appropriate for trauma treatment, I don't think. Because it just, it's like a band-aid versus really being able to, and, and you, you mentioned something like, okay, change your response, just change your response, you know, that's very here in your prefrontal cortex, like, I have to be able to understand that and, you know, um, logically follow that. And what the type of treatment that I do through EMDR and through, um, which is like a eye movement processing, um, and through, yeah, and through like, um, being able to um, uh, work on attachment, like what I do with that is like, Oh no, now my body understands the rest of me understands, not just here, my brain, I get to incorporate the rest of my body and understanding what happened to me that I'm safe now that I'm okay, that I get to move on from this in a relief kind of way. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that you, you mentioned and, um, about like basically finding that issue, um, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say I, I disagree on because because uh, you said we, we're going to find that issue and we're going to solve it. I think it's a bis- big misconception a lot of times, or I guess mm-hmm. just the process of it where people are like, I'm going to go and she's going to fix me and I'm not mm-hmm. going to deal with this again. Like, when can I, when am I going to be, when, am I, when is this going to be gone? Because mm-hmm. I had to come to the point of like, I know this is never going to go away completely. No. You know, but and the awareness I mean like, of it and the tools. Are, yeah. 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 But I think a lot I call, of people. I call saying, it a yeah. root. I call it a root. Yeah. Like, can we find the root? And just nurture it, just like water it or stop watering if that's what it yeah. needs, if it has the root rot. Um, but but understand that like there's this pain there. 
and that we're yeah. not going to uplift it and change it and cut it or something like that. It's not going to fully go away. Yeah. And you're right about that. Um, to have realis- realistic expectations, like we're not here to change who you are. Then they're like, how many core. times do I have to come before I'm good? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's up to you. No. Kind of like, you know, it's like, yeah, but if they're, the work. if they're in treatment with me, then they know I'm like, mm, no, this is like death therapy. This is very, you know, like yeah. engaging, very emotional, but very reparative also. Yeah. I remember going uh, going to the gym with a friend and you know, mm-hmm. she kind of asking me like, oh, can you teach me some stuff? And so then mm-hmm. it kind of became a routine, right? And I think mm-hmm. we were going for like two or three months already. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, when do like when do we stop coming? And I was like, this is how you live now. I was like, <laughs> you don't just stop. That's like, why I don't <laughs> commit to the gym. I'm like, nah. <laughs> like it's, That's a forever it's the same thing. thing. <laughs> like with, yeah, with therapy, like you mm-hmm. have to continue. Um, or just wellness in general, like I go and get massages or stuff because I know Mm -hmm. that that's going to keep me healthy because if my back hurts or my knee hurts or whatever, I'm going to get stressed out and then it's just going to snowball. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God, my knee again. And, you know, instead of like- And when you're feeling off or when you're falling off of your self-care or things like that, then you know what will help, you know? Like maybe I should make a therapist appointment. Maybe I should go see my massage therapist. Like something like that. I always label it as like a car, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't have to, I, I should already have the maintenance scheduled, you yes. know, and that's how you'll prevent the issues from like, you know, you'll yeah. get to some of those issues before they even happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because yeah. And you are um, top tier then because you have it <laughs> scheduled because most people do not. Yeah, um, I know. I, I try they to forget. They forget or because of the symptoms, what they're going through um it things fall and then yeah. i have to remind them you're still a worthy you can still pick it up from here yeah <laughs> right now i mean I, I had to get a new therapist and i'm trying i'm trying to figure out I, I don't i feel like i feel like i need to break up with her you know that's okay and i but yeah. it, but i feel like it's such a pain to get someone new it was it was, i had only been with her for um, a couple sessions because i had to get someone new and so yeah. now I feel like, oh man, I'm about to go to somebody else again. And yeah. I don't I it's guess that the, part of me, like, you know. The feeling of it again, of like, because yeah. you're opening yourself up to this stranger yeah. and then to have to do it again, it's not easy. Well, she's also going on maternity and I feel like she's, we're going to have to leave her anyway. So I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, like, you know, like it just, it just, like I said, I like to be pushed. It feels like she's not pushing me. Yeah. But, I'm also comparing yeah. them to the, my other therapist. And I'm like, well, I'm also not going to get the exact same person. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? You won't, but you still, if that's something that you benefit from being pushed, yeah. um, then. Well, I'm trying to be open to other styles too, to say, well, maybe this will work for me too. I don't know. Yeah. You and know? you were, you were open to it. You tried it. Yeah. God, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you, a- you were not closed off to it. You were open to it. Yeah. yeah, and we understand, you know, especially if if it's a good therapist that can understand, you know, look for something that will work for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had was uh, like an intro, kind of like how you said they have like a mm-hmm. intake phone call, and, and she was, and it felt like she was just kind of like, ah, I don't think so, like I don't think this is for you, or you know, mm-hmm. she's like, what do you? But she was very like, what do you want to work on? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like I was like maybe a couple of these things, but she like she wanted me to tell her. And I was like, well, I kind of want to, I kind of want to go in to see yeah. what, what, where, where you. Was she a CBT me. therapist? 
<laughs> I don't know. It's just, she, she sounded more, very she goal, very, goal oriented. She, she was very much like on attachment styles. Okay. Um, that was one of her like specialties, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I, I guess on, on one, one of the last points is what brought you into the, to the industry mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do you think there's, or has there been initially or ever been any mm -hmm. unhealthy relationship that you've had, like say like, like codependency or something that you say, mm -hmm. like, Oh, I need to, I need, I need to do this to, to help people and putting mm -hmm. it a lot on yourself. Gotcha. Um, what brought me into this was my own family dynamic, my own history. Um, I used to think my family was perfect. We were, you know, like all of everything about us was perfect. And then, but I think internally, I felt like something's not right. Yeah. Like there's dysfunction somehow, but I just couldn't pinpoint it. Um, and then it, when I got into grad school, I got dragged real bad, not on purpose, but because like even in presentations, I would get triggered. But were you like, going to grad school for? Yeah, for okay. um, MFT by then. Okay. Uh, and my undergrad was in psychology. Um, but I would get dragged, like not singled out. It was just like myself seeing it in like the presentations and being like, wait, that's me. Wait, that's me too. That happened to me. Wait, I'm not as perfect as, you know, as I thought. My family's not as perfect as I thought. Or oh, like um, you being the functional one and they're, they're fucked up. This is like, no, wait, I'm part of this too. No, like, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course yeah. we are. We are part of the dysfunction. Um, so definitely, definitely learning that. And, um, and then seeing that our community really needed the support. So that's yeah. why I think I stuck to work, even in private practice, I stuck to working with, within the, the Latino community and I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed so, so far. I think it will be my life's work. Um, and then the second piece of your question, what was it? Uh, if there's like a, do you, if you feel like a, a codependency from, uh, if you've with ever, clients or with well, my, no, or with clients, I, I think, I think to some degree, I, I've heard it before. Like there's, there's some kind of like, obviously you always have a, like, you feel like you have a calling, right? Like you have to have to help mm -hmm. people. But I feel, I feel like once you kind of know it better, you're able to draw some of those boundaries, right? Gotcha. Like yeah. to know. Yeah. I'm definitely so actually in our field we're very underpaid yeah. so like um in agency work we get like master's level clinicians licensed clinicians we are not paid even comparable to like uh rn we're not compared like it just yeah. you're just severely underpaid so what ended up happening for me was like a little bit of that I'll take it because I'm helping my community because this is what I signed up to do. Right. Yeah. But then, um, the flip side of it was like a lot of it's these like clients guilt. were, yeah, you were functioning out of guilt. Yeah. And like, sometimes these clients didn't want to see me. And then I was like, well, you have to see me because the social worker said, and it's just like, no, that's not enough. Georgina. Like it's either, time for you to go from this agency and it's okay you know like you don't have to keep feeling guilty yeah. um but you know a lot of it was like you see children and you think oh children need me they need me just to like help them out of they this can't you survive know? without you and that Who's, learning because well, i know that other girl's gonna do it wrong because she's lazy or whatever like you know yeah like, like who works only there and, me. yeah only yeah. me yeah and definitely like um so imagine you know like um transitioning to like not just in your professional life but in your personal life to no longer function out of guilt to be paid your worth like 
Catholics, like, if you're listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true, like all of that of like, hold on, now I'm too involved. And like, this is no longer my career. I have to set boundaries to be able to, to provide good service. Yeah. Um, and luckily now I do, I charge for my services. It, you know, like it's, it's I still have a clientele that I want to work with. Um, and a lot of it is also like, they show up for me if I show up for them. Because yeah. they, I know the type of service that I provide. So, yeah. yeah. So definitely working past the guilt and the shame about like, but I'm not a good therapist if I don't service for free. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, it's okay. You can't pay. And, you know, and, and then I don't need the money. And, you bad know, bad business model, super yeah. horrible business yeah. model. You can't, you know, and, and this is what we do. We hear people's stories all day, every day, you know? Yeah. So, so, so being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess on that note, promote your promote your services. <laughs> let, let people know how they can find you, and you know. Um, I I do have the primary way where um my information is is either on my uh, Instagram, which is GGL Therapy, um, or my TikTok. I'm on TikTok also. Where I oh, you're post. on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. I need to get on TikTok. It's fast. It grows you super mm-hmm. super fast. Um, and I'm not currently accepting clients. Okay. Uh, so I've been booked for a while now. So uh, I'm sure I'm not. Yeah. And, the, and when I do, I update my website to be able. Um, and on my on my TikTok, I'm Georgie that I on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I think uh, I think we could have done three hours. We could have. <laughs> it was there. The content was there. Yes. It's good. So there's obviously the it can go on and on, right? Especially if we're talking yeah. about Catholics and Mexicans and we can we can go for days. But yeah. I really I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and appreciate kind of giving us more insight on, you know, the Latino community as well, just to kind of mm-hmm. continue to open doors for, for other people. If there's yeah. anything that you want to Kind of t- say to the people and to Latinos, like most of my audience, I believe, is right around the, like I said, the demographic. Oh, the demographic, you yeah. See, you know, um, just I mean, in regards to what we were talking about earlier, like you mentioned something that reminded me of something else. You mentioned like this is where my dad, you know, was a kid. This is where yeah. you know, um, and uh, one of the things that I say about my dad, he's still alive. He's still well in Ojon, yeah. but he's well. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that uh, you? you you have a hurt little kid inside and like yeah. it helps me remember like to be gentle and to kind of like okay if we're not understanding each other to kind of leave, leave it for right now yeah. um but I also remember my dad's inner child a lot and I'm yeah. just like what was he like what was and that we all have that inner child within us um either hurt or healing or something like that yeah and they're not allowed to kind of express themselves I know I've seen people like oh I caught my dad one time crying in the garage just, hmm. you know what I mean? Like he had to go hide. Away know, from everybody. Yeah. 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 So common. So common. So that the, the inner child exists. And if that means they come out when they're watching soccer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's a great, 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 great place to end. Um, like I said, thank you. Thank you for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. Uh, Georgina Garay Lozano. And thank you everybody mm-hmm. for listening.